The reason I am so exhausted about baseball is because I like to be good at things. And I am not good at baseball. I am not good at team sports of any kind. And I applied that dread to everything about baseball, which isn't really fair to me. Because I am good at other things, and here's what I'm good at. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. This is episode 70. We're going to talk about my life-changing process to help you have your best summer ever. And best summer ever is going to be on a subjective sliding scale, and we're going to get into it. Um, First things first, I want to thank you so much for joining me for episode 70. I think that we are really on to something here at Medium Lady Talks, and I'm excited about it. I'm feeling really, really good. And I kind of hit this stride with episodes, you know, 60 to 69. And then I kind of hit like this funny block. But I had to remember that the purpose of the podcast is to remain engaged in conversation with you, remain engaged in reflecting with myself. And not every episode has to be perfect. All of the episodes on the tens have been conversations with my husband and partner, Nick. And we've just hit a season in life where it's really hard for us to sit down and find the hour and a bit to record when we have energy to do it. And for me, being creative and recording this podcast is actually kind of restful. And by that, I mean, is it like recharges my batteries. It leaves me with something in the tank. But for Nick, it's not restful. It's energy, no depleting. It takes energy from him to do it. And he enjoys that. And he doesn't resent giving that energy away to the podcast. But that just means that the timing for our recording is really, really tricky. We have three kids, 10 and under, and we are in the thick of baseball season. And that has made it really, really hard to find time, you know, before 9 p.m. in the evening for us to both sit down and record a really good episode. And I was feeling kind of stuck because I felt like I had this rule that all the episodes on the 10s have to include Nick. And I'm actually releasing myself from that rule. So I'm not sure when Nick will be back on the show, but uh, we're going to release ourselves from the rule that the episodes on the 10s have to include Nick. And I'm going to dive into something that I'm really excited to talk to you today, which is, you know, what I'm going to call like, um, you know, this sort of like life changing process to help you hack the best summer ever. The inspiration for this episode came from a combination of two things that collided in my life. The first is the Lazy Genius podcast with Kendra Adachi. It's called 10 Steps to Plan Your Summer. And I'll link it in the show notes. And the second thing is I recently read and finished over the span of like a weekend, the excellent audiobook called How to Keep House While Drowning by Casey Davis. So These two things, uh, the Lazy Genius episode called 10 Steps to Plan Your Summer and this audiobook, How to Keep House While Drowning, was in an overlapping Venn diagram where the third circle would be my personal impending sense that my summer is already over without me even having had a chance to plan it. So if that feeling is resonating with you, let me share a little bit more about what's going on in my life. So at work, I work at a hospital. 
I, it's nine to five. It's very busy. Uh, most of the time, it's actually exciting busy, but it's still busy. I'm very lucky to enjoy paid time off, um, but I don't get as much paid time off in the summer as my husband's or my kids will have. My husband's. <laughs> I don't get as much paid time off as my husband or my kids will have, which is the whole dang summer because the kids are in school and Nick is a teacher. So that is one of the things that kind of always make me feel like I'm missing out on the summer before it's even started. The next thing is some really, you know, busy things that are happening in my home. So the two things I've listed in my home life are our dog and baseball. So we added two things in the last three months that have made this all really feel like a lot of my operating assumptions. And I've, I've shared a little bit about operating assumptions before, but these are the ways that I can unconsciously make decisions without having to spend a lot of time thinking about the context. I can know what will work for my family without overthinking it. I can know what will work for my home and my routines without kind of diving into it because I'm working on those things that are like operating assumptions. And those operating assumptions have kind of been obliterated with the dog and with baseball. And that has led to me being really reactive. And personally, from past reflections over the last like three or more years, I know that the more reactive my life becomes, the faster I find myself burnt out. And, you know, one of the things that I've really been focusing on through Medium Lady community on Instagram and through the podcast is focusing on burnout recovery, burnout recovery for millennials and mothers. Um, I'm both a millennial and a mother. So I'm also addressing my own burnout recovery and a huge part of my own recovery post pandemic has been about paying close attention to that experience of a reactive kind of ramp up in my life and putting a mindful process in place to increase the space that I give myself between stimulus and response. So with the dog, obviously the dog kind of threw all kinds of things out the window. It threw out the window how we leave the house. It threw out the window how we return to the house. It threw out the window what time we can leave and return to the house. And all of those things have made it kind of extra mental gymnastics, extra mental load. Baseball's done the same thing. So baseball used to be on a super reliable schedule, and now it's much less reliable. It's all kind of dynamic. And as I'm uh, chatting through this, you'll probably hear some of them coming home from baseball now. So we'll just keep going through that with a bit of background noise. Um, and those two things, you know, the change in our schedule, the change in who needs us to be in specific places at specific times, both the kids needing us to be in specific places for baseball, the dog needing us to be in specific places for just his general needs. Those two things have made me super reactive, meaning like what is happening in the next half hour, hour, day, and um, that can be a really tiring place for me. And then the last thing that's going on in my life as I look down uh, the calendar at the summer is play. And when I talk about play and I just talked about rest... That is all about Medium Lady. So the last 10 episodes have featured incredible guests. I feel like I've been able to level up your experience as an audience member. I've been able to bring more to you as listeners to add more to your life. And I want to keep that going forever. But I also have to recognize that the pace of my growth is always going to be subject to the other things that are going on in my life. Because this podcast has always been first and foremost, the way that I protect the space in the world that's made for me. And 
I have been feeling kind of stressed out about how I can keep up with the realizations and the leveling up that feels like it's coming fast and furious for the podcast. So if all of this is creating a sense for me that the summer, a time of sun and fun and usually protected time to rest, is already over. It's like, I've got to figure out ways to spend more time on Medium Lady. I've got to figure out ways to show up for my dog and baseball. I've got to figure out ways to show up for my nine to five. And it's like feeding that sense of reactivity that I talked about earlier. So if you're feeling anything like me, I want you to just pause and think about the things that are causing you to feel like your life is on hyperdrive, causing you to feel like the summer is already over before it's begun. Those might be things that got in the way of your own personal operating assumptions. Those may be also things that are newly taking up a lot of your time or there are things that you always know in the summer will be challenging. Things like changes to your work schedule, things like changes to your partner schedule, things like your kids being out of school. These all create a different set of routines and dynamics that can sometimes overtake the season of the summer. So if you're if you're feeling like you resonate at all with that, we're going to take the next, you know, few minutes together to hopefully crack the code on this a little bit. Hopefully crack ourselves out of that feeling the resentment or dread that the summer is already over before it's even began. And we're going to do that. I'm going to incorporate the things that I've learned from the Lazy Genius podcast episode and the things that I've learned from Casey Davis's book, How to Keep House While Drowning. The first thing we're going to acknowledge is <laughs> going to make you feel a little cheesy, but it's an affirmation. It's going to go something like this. I have the perfect amount of time to have a restful, creative, and soul-filling summer. Or maybe that's not quite a fit for you. You might want to try something like, I am open to a summer of rest, connection, and flow, and I know the universe will provide that for me. And if you even want something more simple, I want you to repeat after me, this summer will be good enough, and that will be perfect. This summer will be good enough, and that will be perfect. I actually feel better. I, <laughs> I genuinely feel better just saying that out loud, that good enough will be perfect, and, and I hope you feel better too. But let's get into a bit more of a constructive process to change your life for the better and to help you have a more functional summer for joy and rest. I'm going to refer back and forth between Lazy Genius episode uh, 313, which is, again, that 10 questions for the start of the summer, as well as How to Keep House While Drowning by Casey Davis. And I am not going to refer to all 10 questions, but it was a really great episode and it really did help me to unlock a few things about the summer for myself. Some questions can really adjust our point of view, and I think that's always going to be one of the things that is Kendra's superpowers. If you're not following The Lazy Genius, I would totally invite you to go ahead and do that. And like I said before, I will link to episode 313 in the show notes. So the first question Kendra asks in that episode is, what are you most excited about? So let's take a second and acknowledge that what we're excited about might be hard to get to. And this is something Kendra doesn't mention in the episode, but sometimes we pay so much attention to what needs to happen that we don't align that with what we are most excited about. And we prioritize those needs over our own desires. We we use up as much time as we can focused on needs. And if there's any time in the summer left over for our own desires, 
then that might happen by accident and that will just be like a happy thing that happens. It happens really naturally. Honestly, this is nobody's fault. This is not a moral failure if you aren't sure what you're excited about. But let me give you the permission slip right now during this episode to think about that. Think about what you're excited about and allow your brain to take you to those super special desires for the summer so that we can honor who you are without all the roles that you typically serve. You know, what are you excited about if you didn't have to show up and be mom at 100 miles per hour? What if you didn't have to, you know, um, make sure that your work life is balanced before you took vacation? What are all of the things we could take off your plate? And where would that create space for the things that you're excited about this summer? And these things can come naturally to me whenever I think about like my five senses, or I think about the sights, the smells, the sounds of summer, and the things that make me feel really lit up about the upcoming season. So here are the things I'm excited about. And I did try to come up with this list without too much editing. So the first thing I'm excited about is time by the water with friends and family. Summer to me always equals water, whether it's by our lake or by some other water sources. I'm really lucky to live close by to a few public beaches. Um, I do pair summer joy with an experience by the water. I'm also excited for summer dresses. <laughs> the last two years, I spent a bit of my clothing budget on a dress, usually a weird quirky print, usually baited by an Instagram ad. And that dress gives me so much summer joy mileage when I get dressed. Personally, I love dresses for a lot of reasons. Dresses might not be your thing, but I really love a dress. And in the summer, a dress is so easy. And I'm excited to pull out the dresses that I purchased the last couple years. And I did buy a new summer dress to add to that wardrobe. Another thing I'm excited about is backyard time. And if you're a longtime medium lady fan yourself, you probably know every year it's tradition for me to put big plans in motion for my backyard. Usually those plans don't typically manifest, but this summer is no different for those big plans. I am really excited to keep investing in our backyard as another living space, bringing, you know, flowers and planters and visual joy and inviting spaces to spend time back there without really going anywhere at all, taking a couple steps to the backyard and feeling transported to summer relaxation and fun. Um, one more thing I'm excited for is summer reading. Haha, ha, big surprise. I'm sure you saw that one coming. Um, <laughs> I do have currently on my library holds a few summer books that have had a lot of 2023 buzz. Last year when we went to the cottage for a week or so, I really devoured a ton of books. But the greatest thing about that was a lot of those books became my favorites of the year. And if you want more on that, I'll link to the show notes. Uh, my reading playlist. It's called Medium Lady Reads and it's got all of my book episodes. Last year for the month of July, I did four episodes called Medium Lady Reads in a four-part series all about books. And um, so you can, go you can go check that out if you want to hear more about the books that I really loved last summer. And the last thing I'm excited about, which I sort of alluded to before, is time for Medium Lady Creativity. I always associate the summer with more time, which is actually really weird given the rant that I just had about running out of time, <laughs> but it is what it is. And I always hope that with time off from work or time off from the routines of the kids at school, etc., that I'll be able to kind of crack open some new slivers of time for creativity and growth within the Medium Lady projects. And that, you know, always makes me feel excited. Um... 
One thing that Kendra suggests in episode 313 is to ask your family or the people you live with what makes you excited about the summer. So I did that thought experiment with my family. And here's the things that they say. Uh, Number one, the cottage. So we're very, very privileged. We have a cottage property that we drive to. It's about a four hour drive from our home, which is no small trip, but (laughs) uh, we could fly to one side of the country in that time. But we do love to spend time there in the summer and it's a pretty special place for us, especially because we can't be there all year round. And there's a really small window of time when it's absolutely perfectly peak season there. So the cottage, they said baseball and baseball trips. So that's related to the kids have a few tournaments and the boys are planning a trip out uh, to the States to watch some games. They said no school. They said birthdays. They said playing with the dog. One of my sons said just chilling. (laughs) They're excited to just chill. Swimming in the lake or at the community center and summer food, ice cream, burgers, freezies and popsicles. So this is going to be really interesting as we segue into that next question, which is question number two. What are you already exhausted thinking about? So when I first heard Kendra ask this, I thought, well, I'm actually exhausted by some of the things that my family is listed on the things that they're excited about. So the things that they're excited about are actually kind of already exhausting me. And I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. The first thing I'm almost ashamed to admit is baseball. So two of my sons play in rep league baseball and they love it. And my husband also loves it. And I don't love it. I love it for them, but I don't love being at the ballpark. I don't love the game and I don't love the effort that it takes. I kind of actually resent the mental load that's required of me to get my kids to the game that they love. For Nick, this is all like a part of the fun. And it is one of the things that he truly is excited for this summer And I feel bad that I don't share that. And I feel like a bad person that I don't share that. So let's take a minute to unpack that morality that I'm applying to this issue that I'm having in the summer, the thing that's making me exhausted. And this idea of morality is a really important part of the thesis of Casey Davis's How to Keep House While Drowning. These are the things that we define being good is associated with how we feel when we do certain tasks. And we have to kind of pull those two things apart. But in order to do that, we have to kind of make them explicit and really examine them with a critical eye to say, this is what I think, but is it true? And why do I really think that? So here are the things I'm assuming make a good summer for good moms. Number one, good moms have a good summer by being together as a family. Number two, A good summer for good moms means being happy, making your kids happy. Number three, a good summer for good moms means that you make time for your kids to have a good summer by their definition, not yours. And number four, having a good summer for good moms means planning how to amplify the things your kids already love about summer. Um, For example, by making exciting things extra, extra special. I really struggle with the burden of those four items that make me a good summer mom. But if I flip it and make it more about function than morality, then here we can really use some of the amazing pointers and tips from How to Keep House While Drowning. So I'm I'm taking a bit of liberties with this. This is not something that Casey Davis unpacks in her book. 
But bear with me, this is a really amazing book. I think it has so many more opportunities for application than just keeping house. But essentially, Casey Davis says that keeping your house doesn't make you a good person. And separating the moral implications from keeping house are one of the ways that we can get out of our own way by being kinder to ourselves. So here, number one, I've said being a good summer mom means we spend time together as a family. If I examine the goodness or badness of my character as a mom, then I'm applying morality to the endless ways of serving my family and the decisions that I make as a parent. Lots of decisions as parents are moral decisions, but being with my children or taking time alone is not a moral decision. I can be a totally wonderful, supportive, successful mom and not spend all my time with my children. That's actually really hard to say out loud on a podcast that I know you're going to listen to later. And I am kind of scared of your judgment, but I'm going to put it out there because I believe it will help me and I believe it will help another mom out there listening. The hours I spend with my kids are important, but the piece of the time pie that it takes up doesn't have to be larger than the other parts of me in order for me to qualify as a good mom. When I view that time with my children is moral, then the time I don't spend with my children becomes steeped in shame and I feel like I can be a good mom when I'm with my kids, then I feel like I'm a bad mom when I'm not with my kids. When I spend time with my kids because I'm motivated to avoid shame, then my time spent caring for myself, enjoying myself without my kids is also steeped in shame. And this means no matter what, my summer, when I view being with my kids as a moral obligation, is centered around the feeling of shame. Ooh, I feel a weird little piece of my heart unlocked just a little bit. So if I go to the thing, the list of things that I'm excited about, I didn't specifically state being with my kids. And if I associate my goodness as a mother with spending time with my kids, then I actually have written a list that I should be, be ashamed about. That means the things I'm excited about I'm actually shameful of, which means that I will probably avoid the things I'm excited about in order to avoid the feeling of shame. If these are like new and heavy ideas for you, I totally get it. Pause the podcast, come back to it later, but think about the ways that you're associating how you spend your time with being a good mom and the opposite of those ways of spending your time can sometimes become direct evidence of being a bad mom or a bad person. Okay, so let's dive into number two. I said that in order to be a good mom and to have a good summer, I need to be happy when my kids are happy. I actually don't. I don't have to be happy when my kids are happy. And my kids don't have to be happy when I'm happy. I don't have to have the same interests they have, and I don't have to pretend to like the things that I'm inherently not drawn to. So this one is really icky, even for me, but it has actually been at the crux of a lot of feelings that I've had in my journey toward burnout recovery. And I've talked a lot about freeing myself from the shame of sharing who I am with my kids. You can hear more about that in episode 50 when I talk a little bit about my own origin story and the reason that I started Medium Lady in the first place. Now, when I say that I'm not happy when my kids are happy, doesn't mean that I'm unhappy. Uh, That's where we remove, I think, the morality from the statement. If my kids were to see me being unhappy every time they're happy, That would be a pretty darn complicated issue that would drive them to therapy at the first chance. But what I mean is that I let myself accept that my kids and I are not the same people with the same interests. 
If I pretend I'm happy when they're happy, it doesn't make me a better mom. Happiness doesn't have a higher moral standing than other feelings and emotions. And if I berate myself for not loving baseball as much as they do, which I have done, it just creates this complex cycle of emotions surrounding baseball. And honestly, it's just baseball. So instead of this for the summer, I'm going to be kind to future me. And instead of thinking, oh, baseball, here we go again, pretending to be excited about something I'm not excited about, I'm going to just tweak my mindset and think it would really be a kindness to me if I can pair the things that make me happy with the things that make my kids happy. So that way I can experience the task of baseball because it's a task for me, not an activity with convenience and pleasure later. Removing the morality from this is the point of view of Casey Davis, but Kendra also tackles this from a similar angle. She applies the magic question, which is one of her lazy genius principles. She says, what can I do now to make baseball? She doesn't talk about baseball specifically in the episode, but what can I do now to make baseball the summer thing that's going to make me exhausted? What can I do to make baseball smoother and less exhausting later? So I brainstorm a few quick ideas. And if you have any ideas for me, I'd love it if you would hop into my DMs on Instagram at medium.lady. But for me, you know, quick brainstorm, this is going to look like bringing a drink and a snack that I look forward to. Having a comfortable chair. Doodling or doing something with my hands so I'm not looking at my phone and feeling guilty about looking at my phone. Using the time to text and connect with friends so I can see the time as enabling my opportunities to connect with others rather than a sacrifice of my time. Kendra also points out one more thing, which is checking in if our exhaustion is actually justified or is it covering up something deeper? And this is pretty, pretty pivotal. Why am I so exhausted about kids baseball? And this is another thing, just like that morality about good moms spending time with their kids. The reason I am so exhausted about baseball is because I like to be good at things. And I am not good at baseball. I am not good at team sports of any kind. And I applied that dread to everything about baseball, which isn't really fair to me. Because I am good at other things. And here's what I'm good at. Connecting with others. Learning new things. Stepping outside of my comfort zone. I'm good at admitting that I'm a beginner. And I can apply all of that to baseball. Just to move the dial and frequency of my exhaustion to actually apprehension of not being good at something. I don't have to let my need to be good at things affect my exhaustion regarding baseball. And I can let go of it. It helps me have a way gentler take on my resistance and it helps me step away from that resentment that was building about all of this baseball that I'm going to have to spend my time on this summer. So those are two ways of unpacking some of the things that I said are, you know, moral issues for good moms. And I'm hoping that by those two ideas is both, you know, asking yourself, why are you dreading or feeling exhausted about something? And then also understanding perhaps those things that are exhausting, are they moral questions when really they're just practical, objective questions? See if those two things can help you unlock part of your summer. Okay, question number three um, from Kendra is, what are the top three things on your summer experience list this year? So summer experience list is different from the things I'm excited about. The things I'm excited about are the things that are just going to happen because it's summer. 
the things on my experience list is not high stakes. It's not a to-do list, but it is a bit of medium effort to think about the things that might be fun to do and then to use effort and energy to put a plan in motion to make it happen. Naming now the things that would be really, really fun for you or for me helps you to plan them later. And these are things that won't happen accidentally. Like the things in the first question, I'm going to be wearing my summer dresses. I don't have to plan to wear them. I am going to be, <laughs> I am going to be wearing them at the first chance. But medium effort is the thing that requires both naming, understanding, and then planning. For me, this top three experience list starts off big because of the pandemic. It really makes me think of all the things I said I wanted to do when the pandemic was over. But if I'm going to be gentle and kind with myself, I need to take that big list and think smaller. This is not that. This is not the post-pandemic recovery tour. What I am going to do is go back to my 40 for 40 list. And you would have heard me talk about the 40 for 40 list in episode 65 with my friends Emily and Sarah. And I'm going to think about some of the things on that list that are very, very summer adjacent. So here's what I came up with. Top three experiences for the summer. Number one, another beach day with Em and Sarah. Em and Sarah, my best friends. Last year, Em and Sarah and I, we went to the beach for a whole day. It was absolutely glorious. The worst part about the day was that it ended. Honestly, I have to do that again this summer. And I really like putting this on my list because we did it last year and we could just copy paste what we did without changing a thing. And I'm already super excited to just name that and put it on the list. Um, the second thing I'm putting on my list is time with my mom and my sisters. And this is a carryover from last year because I kept thinking last year I should really plan time with my mom, Han and Jubes, and I never pulled it off. And I think it's because I kept thinking it was something I should do. And that's the moral obligations of being a good daughter and sister. Instead of it being something I wanted to do, it just kept me feeling ashamed that it hadn't happened. And then the morality of my failing to get it together made me just keep avoiding the effort to make it happen. But this year, because again, I'm removing the morality of getting together with my mom and my sisters, it's completely unrelated to me being a good person. I'm already good. I can just focus on it just being something that I want to do. So I want to spend time with my mom and my sisters. I hope I can get them up to the cottage, but if I can't do that, I will settle for some other kind of proxy for hanging out with them and spending time together. Okay, number three. Number three on my, on my summer experience list is a quirky date with Nick. And I really hate to say it, but I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the episode, but the explosion of life in the spring, the explosion of our routines, our schedules, our habits has put my relationship in a space that needs to be reliable, predictable, and nurtured by reliable and predictable events. So this is actually working for Nick and I. Uh, we know when we're going to spend time together. We know how to stay connected with one another. But these are reliable and predictable habits and routines. There's not a lot of spontaneity. There's not a lot of adventure. It's not the season of life that we're in. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, that being said, I think the summer actually might give us a good opportunity to plan to have a mini adventure, just the two of us. You know, again, I have to call it out. This could feel like a moral failing if it doesn't happen. What does it say about my marriage if I don't plan this adventure? If it doesn't happen? Well, hopefully you've been listening and you realize that it says nothing. It says nothing about us. Nick and I have a strong marriage. We are partners. We are a team. He is a really good husband and I am a really good wife. 
but we deserve to have fun together. And so we deserve the effort that comes with planning how to get away from three children and a dog. So P.S. I mean, hey, if you want to watch my three kids and my dog, um, you can contact me at Instagram at medium.lady. I, you know, I can pay you back for your efforts with uh, goal coaching sessions or book recommendations or exposure on the podcast. <laughs> so I did get to this point, these three questions. What am I excited about? What is making me feel exhausted? And what are the three things on my summer experience list? I was feeling pretty pumped. And I almost at this point, you know, took my script to the my podcast script to the summary of the episode, you know, uh, episode is over, go and prosper, you're welcome. But I actually continued to read how to keep house while drowning. And I decided to ask one final question. And this is not in Kendra's episode. And that is how am I going to rest? Question number four is how am I going to rest? There are things I'm going to do, and we've just spent the last little while talking about them, but there are also things I am not going to do. And I'm going to embrace that because it will mean that I am resting instead of doing. The best laid plans for my summer, they really don't mean that I have to be having fun or else. If I white knuckle my way through all of my best intentions only to arrive at September as a shell of a person, then I will not have had the best summer ever. And I really don't want all of these plans to be things that I make but don't stick with, you know, like that's not really the point of this either. The plans have to fit with who I am and the plans are going to need energy. And that energy is only going to be found if I create it through rest. These tasks, I think if they require extreme force of will, if it requires extreme force of will to make my way through baseball games, to pull out my summer dresses, to have my beach date with Sarah and Emily, then I will be depleted over the entire summer. And if my only solution to have fun is to grip onto my plans so tightly that I lose sight of myself, then I'm going to arrive at the end of the summer, you know, not having had the best summer ever. Success, I guess, or having the best summer ever depends not on my willpower. It depends on taking the time to rest mentally and physically. I... I have to acknowledge here that I do hold many social, economic, and political privileges that all make these plans possible, you know, even before I apply my own skills and strengths. Like, I am really well positioned in society with privilege to achieve what I want to achieve this summer. I don't want this episode to make you feel like if you don't, if you just follow these steps and you add effort that you will also have the best summer ever, but you know, we're all experiencing different demands and limitations on our time, and your time and energy are your most valuable resources. They deserve protection through the summer to be renewed through the rest that fits with you and with who you are. So just as we listed the things that I'm excited about, just as we listed the things that make me exhausted, <laughs> and just as we listed the things that I want to experience, let's go ahead and list the ways that I'm going to rest. And these are personal to me, but I want you to hear what I have to say and come up with your own list. The first thing I'm going to do is embrace naps on a timer. You know, sometimes naps feel like a moral choice. They feel like a bad thing to do when I just outlined this amazing list of fun things to do. I have this amazing list of fun plans. If I'm napping, I cannot be planning or having fun. But by putting naps on a timer, I think will maybe help me get over that moral hurdle of spending my time in the day sleeping. But there is honestly nothing quite as delicious as a nap in the middle of a summer afternoon. 
Okay, this one's a little bit weird, but I want you to hear me out. I'm going to rest by wearing cute bathing suits. So my brain goes haywire with negative self-talk in the summer. And you may be able to relate to that. You may not be able to relate to that. But it is a real personal experience for me. And one way I think it will help me rest is having swimsuits that are cute and that make me feel good. And this is rest because it means that I don't have to think about my body in a bathing suit. It lets me take something off of my mental load. And anytime I can do that, it is restful. So I'm going to wear cute swimsuits as a way to rest my brain. The last way I'm going to rest is to anticipate convenience food. So summer, of course, here where I am, is full of amazing produce. And this is exciting. It's beautiful to look at. It smells good. It tastes fresh. There's so much within, you know, the hundred mile radius of my home that's a bounty to enjoy. But that comes with this like morality tax of wasting the opportunity for beautiful fresh food and homemade meals. Because with baseball and other summer fun, convenience foods are just going to be the reality. Because convenience foods allow for less time planning, less time making a mess in the kitchen. And if I expect convenience food in the summer, that will mean I don't have to experience shame every time I open a pack of chicken nuggets or boil water for mac and cheese. I don't have to say every time, oh no, another missed opportunity for beautiful lemon asparagus linguine or, you know, whatever beautiful post I've recently seen on Instagram that celebrates summer produce. I said asparagus. I know asparagus is a spring food, but I hope you know what I mean. So that's how I'm going to rest. Okay, let's, now we can review the plan. Now we can dive into a summary. So number one, what this summer are you excited for? Number two, what this summer is exhausting you? Number three, what are the top three things on your summer experience list? And number four, how will you rest this summer? I hope that this helps you feel like you can move the needle that might have been pointing at summer with you feeling overwhelmed, with you feeling like it's over before it starts. I hope that the moral pressure to prove that you're the best mom ever by planning the best summer ever starts to dissipate for you. Personally, for me, I'm feeling like this plan has kind of taken me from being reactive to being mindful. And here on Medium Lady Talks, that's always the place we're trying to end up every episode, is from looking at our life and seeing and naming what's making us really reactive and coming up with a plan or even just reflecting through this episode. You don't have to put anything on paper. If you've just kind of thought about it while listening to me talk, I think that will unlock enough for you. I might consider printing out what I've listed with you today and putting in a place where I can remember it so I don't forget what I've shared. I might do that. Sometimes when I feel like I'm under pressure, I forget the good intentions of my good plans. And I don't really want to do that with this. So I might try and find like a weird way to kind of put it on some notepad paper and maybe put it where I put my makeup on and take a look at it every day. If you've made it to the end of this episode, I would really love to connect with you. Please, you know, do something fun. Take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media or send it to a friend that you love and say, I'd love to talk about your answers to these four questions. Let's go grab a coffee. You can always tag me at medium.lady and then I can thank you personally for listening to the show. Like I said before, I am very excited about unlocking some new things for the Medium Lady community over the summer. 
my creative goals for the podcast and the community are pretty big. But the most important thing is that you let me know what's resonating with you. I'm always happy to have your feedback. I always want to know what is helping you get closer to the place in the world that's made for you. I really want to be here to help you. This creative experience has changed my life. And while I help myself, I want you to know that I'm here for you. I can help myself and help you at the same time. As you stare down the barrel of your summer calendar, I want you to know that you're already doing such a good job. And I love you so much, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye! Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please make sure to reach out and connect on Instagram with me. I can be found at medium.lady over there. If you have any feedback about today's conversation, you can head to the pink tile in my feed for the latest episode and we can always continue the conversation over there. If you like this podcast, please make sure to share a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for growing our community. Finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you're listening and make sure your notifications are on. Don't forget, you're doing such a good job. Bye!